I invented yeah. a straw, a top of straw the other day. Keep your straw thing to yourself. <clears throat> My family are functioning alcoholics almost across the board. See that chair used to be gone. If it turned out koalas were good for erections, we'd be dragging them out of the trees. So much frothing. So much frothing. I didn't even get stomped in the dick. That's my junk. Yeah, put it away. What We, like, my gig, doing paramedic. <laughs> the amount of times we go to big smashes and no one's hurt. <laughs> nowadays? All. Nowadays. So we should drive like maniacs. But people do. Like, and then every now and then you go into this like, yeah, Nana's hit a tree. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Like, I've been to a car rolled over, on fire, three people trapped, turned up, someone's kicked the window in, no one's hurt because all the airbags fine. Then you go to Nana's, like, rolled into a tree at 10k an hour and she's got a severed spine. And you're like, oh, fuck. Because she's still driving the Camaro. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, some people just get so unlucky, but cars, yeah, people just don't. Like, you get jazzed in paramedics to do trauma and we just live in a trauma-less world now. So you reckon, <laughs> this is the opposite. I was going to ask you about that. So you're studying paramedics, yeah. but in, start, in studying, it's like, it's a apprenticeship. You're on the job. Yeah, I guess it's right, like right. a pretty old school model. Hey, it's like uh, only in WA, nowhere else in Australia. And only the last cohort have been selected and they're on the job at the moment, but it's more like a cadetship. So um the idea being they pushed for so long that paramedics needed life experience and if they were going to demand people to have life experience they needed to find a model for people to get as in life experience in the job or life experience before before they the, the job, job. like right. you're going to go into this world where you have to talk to every different type of person you walk into people's houses and yeah so that was the old school model was like can't get this job until you're 25 can't get this job until you da 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 Kind of like fireys or something like yeah. that. They want you to have something else. So they provided like a way for you to get in. But it's, yeah, they're not, they've got rid of it and it's not dynamic enough. It's not, you can't, you know, for me, I was a group, the second largest group ever, which was 50 people. We've lost six already and we're not even graduated and it's taken us three years to get to that point. So like if you need to quickly increase your workforce, you can't do it it takes too long yeah but if they so people why do people drop out because they see it like it's a bit hectic it's not for them yeah i don't know if anyone has been that i think the vast like there's no each person's different the biggest thing is like you've gone and asked for people with life experience so they've got a life yeah where if you get a 21 year old that's all they know where yeah. we're like get in and you've got two kids and you've got um, and then you go, cool, all right, so you're going to work four days on, which includes two 11-hour days. So you wake up 11-hour days. They're, they're wicked because they're the short days. And then you go home, you sleep for half a day, and then you work two 13-hour nights, and you're like, sick, i got four days off. As soon as you got four days off, you sleep for the first half of the day, and then you do three and a half days of uni, uni work. And so if you've got a family or anything, it's like, you just shut them off, hey, because like, if you fail a unit at uni, you don't like you get kicked out, you lose your job. Yeah. So, like, I haven't had a day off since January because I've been studying every day. <laughs> this is I, my day off today. Do you reckon? Because like shift work is hectic. Mm. Doing 
but if you, that's kind of like what you've had from the start. Like if you go through doing uni nine to five or like doing these other jobs and then it's like you go to shift work, you're like, oh, actually this isn't for me. Or imagine people going to paramedics, do all the, if you did all the book work yep. and then you go and see some trauma. Yeah, see some totally, man. You're like, nah, I don't you've want just that. done three years. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's pros and cons. I just, I think the job's different. Like people used to do uni while they're at work. Yeah. You know, like, People used to call ambulances because they're sick. And like now you can't get into the doctor. So how do you get to see a doctor when you're like, you need antibiotics, you've got a chest infection. I can't go to my local GP. I've got to go to the hospital. I might get there quicker if I go in an ambulance. And then you go to the hospital and they're like, that's the only way to get there. So like in that sense, the job's different. We We work from door to door, like we turn up and we start and we work the whole time and so like yeah i think the shift work has changed so in that sense that we just don't get any time in to sleep at night and stuff like that so it's yeah. harder but do you enjoy it like it's something you want to do and i, I like love the nights at the moment yeah. that's where all the good work is you were saying it's like a, a click yeah like the night people yeah. Especially in Perth, because not because Perth sleeps. It's not New York. Yes, <laughs> not New York. Well, fuck, I've been to New York, mate. We, they go to I bed. went there with like bands, and we would go play shows, and then finish the show and go out, and then be like, "There's no way to fucking go out. Like, everything closes at three. Cool. This place that never sleeps actually closes that at three. <laughs> Literally closes at three, and then and then we go to LA, and they're like, oh, this." People don't stay out here. Everything closes at two. And you're like, that's one hour difference between... Yeah, I'm used to go to Ambar till five in the morning. <laughs> New York's bullshit. Revolvers in Melbourne still takes the cake. Yeah, the five <laughs> days. Yeah. Never did a revolver session. That's still yeah. time. <laughs> Mate, it's not time. I've missed the Burkhine and I've missed the, the revolver and I think I'm more devastated about missing Burkhine. We were, we were in... Um, I was doing some pottery in North Freya last night. Oh yeah, and um, just uh, this guy, oh, the friend of the crew that I went to the mens with, the guy Sammy. Sammy, know? okay. So he's just set up. I know it's a couple on, down there. There's like it's near that dingo flower. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I got a mate down there, and then another guy came to, me. but it must be the the pottery hub of the pottery of, hub. of WA. It's a little creative. Yeah, of North Fremantle makes uh, sense. It um, seems like a place that would yeah, do. It's perfect. Well, he, I don't want to ruin his story, but he had. Um, restaurants in Tamarama and then he set up a pottery studio because he started making the pottery for that yep. and then he was like oh this is actually pretty fun and then had that studio came wanted to come back to Perth um, set up there in fact he's from South Australia from Port Lincoln originally but then set up his studio over here and now he's got a factory in Cambodia so he does like massive orders for restaurants and like okay. um, they do light fittings and things as well yeah and so he does it through his, the business in Cambodia but then he just runs kind of like you know workshops and a bit of fun see it was like it was sick so he was friends with all most of the crew that were there yep so it was pretty like loose affair yeah from yeah, a, yeah you know pottery thing but it was sick but I, I was driving back from that um, actually another thing about that was really funny like interesting crew there was a dozen of us and like you know when people dress up through your clothes is like how you show your personality and yeah you're like oh this guy's a bit of a hippie this guy's you know nice to loves to wear his patagonia gear you know like yeah. you know you can tell kind of people's personality but then when you get the clay and we're just doing free form and like people's personality really comes out okay in like what they make yeah you know, whether it's a vase with like square edges or a 
round vase or like um, slats, like everything's really nice, neat and polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, like his house. It's like exactly what his clay was like. His board was all clean at the end. You yep. know, like no, nothing abstract about it. It's like, this like, is what I, it I is. came here to make this. Yeah. And yeah. This is what I made. <laughs> and it's Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty interesting. Like it was really cool actually just watching like people's personality come out. Oh, so through the yeah. clay. I think I've often thought about clay, like pottery work, never done any of it before. But I think it's a really sick thing in terms of you couldn't have a shit house if you made your own. Like if you made, made a really nice plate. Yeah. yeah. As if you're going to live in like a two by four by Statley <laughs> brother, like like just a boring house. Yeah. You've got a nice plate. You need a nice bench to put the nice plate on. The and then you're going to get a nice oven because then it's going to look fit with the... <laughs> it's, like, it's like this entry item that you can buy a $2 plate from... Woolworths, but yeah, if you okay. go make this plate that probably costs you 200 bucks after the fact you paid someone to teach you how to do it and everything, the but you think it only costs you two yeah. bucks yourself in clay materials, clay yeah. yeah. Like, I think it you can't have a boring house if you make pottery. start at the bottom, yeah, build it and they'll come, <laughs> they'll so start. build it, build you around, yeah. You're gonna have like a raw end wooden tape, like table, if you've got <laughs> a nice flat plate with a edge on it, it's yeah pretty oh man i'm taking you to pottery next time i need to look up what he's shop i don't is. need it's another hobby was well, like no, that that <laughs> but um, trying to get rid of it so as i can <laughs> the contention of that tangent was that i was driving back at just on 10 o'clock and every bottle shop down sterling highway i was like oh, i might grab a beer my back and it's like i was like nah 10 o'clock perth is shut on a friday night at 10 o'clock every bottle shop between there and my house was closed I was just like, I knew it, but I wasn't yep. expecting it. It's like this place, like the Western suburbs, like, oh, no, no, no we can't have noise. Oh, certainly we, not. Well, we, we haven't let any fast food joints into this enclave. Why would we let yeah. a, a bottle shop open for the Ruffigans? Yeah. We've got a wine cellar. <laughs> like, I couldn't possibly. Yeah, you don't need that stuff. So, no, anyway, where did we go with that? This, this could be full of tangents. You and I have the attention of... Um, uh, short attention spans that tend to spin off in tangents and talk forever. We, We've we done might. quite well at tricking me into starting this when I didn't even think we'd got going. So I think yeah, I'm I still, think that is a theme of uh, a theme. A still theme doing the level. Going. So for a retro intro, then um, sitting down with Ben Hayes of Ben Ben Hayes Boards. What do you call yourself? I should know. But. Boards by Benny Hayes. Boards. I've run out of logos, so yeah, that's probably probably right. You haven't seen it because my recent boards haven't had logos on them. Your recent boards haven't had dims on them as well. Yeah, I haven't done dims for ages. Why not? Because I only make made-to-order surfboards for people. Yeah. And I have only for like eight years. But they need dims. Yeah, but we talk about the dims when we make it. Before we... Well, I sit down with someone and we talk about, yeah, what do you want? got my little book here. And it's like... So it's for them and we they, they know what the dims are because we talked about it. And if they forgot, well, then they didn't... We can measure it up. Yeah, you can measure it up. Yeah, okay. It's not for a shop. Like, if it's for a shop... Someone needs to know what it is. Yeah, And true. if you ask me what liters, <laughs> liters is, yeah. we'll get the wheelie bin out. We'll dunk them. We'll start dunking them half right. a board at a time and, and then, figure it then out. Then you're going to quickly realize that how little importance it is. If you compare, because I tend to make weird boards and people come to me for their first weird board and they go, oh, I'm thinking like 35 liters. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's your other... Um, asymmetrical <laughs> yeah, yeah. asymmetrical with 20 on one side quad on the other um, how, what's the literage on that like, oh, I don't have any of those oh, I think the fact that we're doing this will be more important than getting it 
close to the right volume. But yeah. if it's really important to you, you can get the wheelie van out yourself <laughs> yeah. and figure it out. Yeah. No, so you've um, helped me out. We might cut back later to how we met, but you, you've helped me out shaping the first board in January this year, a little twinny, twin yep. pin that I frothed on. Um, and then I've done a couple since under your little tutorage, helping yep. out. And you've got this shaping bay um, just in West Perth, which surprised, I'm so pissed that I didn't figure this out earlier, but it's literally a street away from my house. Yeah. Um, for, for years. <laughs> I should have been down here forever. But um, yeah, it's it's cool. How, how did it come about? Tell us um, a little bit about, because we've known each other for a long time. We'll, we can come back to that. But um, yeah. Yeah. For, uh, how did the you? bay come about? Yeah. Or? How about shape, you getting into shaping boards? Uh, so I guess you've probably got some people that, surf and some people that don't listen here but I think for most surfers like there's that idea that you can shape your own board like the idea especially if you have any kind of like interest in the past like world champs shape their own boards back at some point in history and it seems to be like a rite of passage and everyone's got an uncle or a cousin that shaped their own board one time made this keel fin fish and it's pretty dodgy but it's actually sick when you get it in the right wave and so I think it's kind of part of everyone's kind of thought if, you sh- if you're surfing and particularly if you're not but amazing that- at surfing, you're like, this is how I get more into the culture. I'm never going to do a massive blowtail, but I'll uh, shape my own board and that'll give me legitimacy. legitimacy. So I had that and then... But that, that translates to anyone, like cars. If you like really into full driving, you end up building your own car, building up all your own stuff, doing your own servicing or like you know whether it's computing computer games like all those guys back in the day would build their own computers and you know make your own setups it's like that's just anything i think yeah i suppose i haven't look i don't live in those worlds but that totally makes sense to me yeah as well but yeah i had a shaper and he was a guy named neil skeltimer um through an ex-girlfriend which went to school with his son he was like an amazing windsurfer shaper back in the day. Had like an amazing windsurfing team. Biggest one in Australia. Sold all these patents and lives a quite nice life in like down by the beach in Perth. And he made a couple of boards for us and really let me in and show, told me why he was doing things. And the reason I went to him is because he would be willing to do weird stuff when there wasn't weird stuff in the racks. Like you can go buy a 20 in the rack now, but 15 years ago you couldn't go to a surf shop and get anything that had like no dims or no yeah. leaderage on it and uh he'd show me stuff and then it got to the point that he was like oh, i don't want to shape boards anymore and i was stuck like oh do i order these boards from like california and i don't really want to work so i'm not going to be able to make money to do that or i could just go make something weird myself and that was kind of the thing and then that miso that I was with broke we broke up and I really needed to learn something new <laughs> and just to throw myself into like this is all I all I care about now <laughs> as you do when you, there's something new in your life and it was like that was a perfect time to learn a new skill yeah because it was yeah you're in a share house um and you had a shed out the back I think so when I first moved to Perth We'd met at Squaw. Yeah. Um, so you were one of the only couple of people I knew and we'd, I dropped in and caught up with you. You were in a share house with, was it with the guys from Tame Impala? With Kevin Parker and those crew at that time? Uh, no, not with them. Like, they, uh, I'm pretty sure they were around. When yeah, I they were around. They're like at parties and stuff, but they... There's a big shisha thing going on in the backyard yeah. at one house. <laughs> like, Mate, we were, we were that house, hey. Like, I think we took like... 
tutelage from houses like the the um, where Tame Impala was started, like was in in a share house, and they were kind enough to like be really kind to us. And then we had some mates that kind of linked back to our meeting <laughs> that had another house in Leederville that were like a couple of years older than me that was just this crew of like frothers that brought everyone on board and so we were like another generation along from these two other sets and we were like we're gonna be that house and we made that house yeah you had a shaping bay in the backyard shaping you had a bay. big shisha thing before i lived like... in the shed which wasn't the shaping bay oh really <laughs> it was like a old like it looked like a railway carriage but it wasn't it was just this wooden shed and i decked it out for 50 bucks a week and lived Shit. in that for years it had a fig tree out the front that's character building right it's it it was the building of my character. I think it was a contrived character that I was building, yeah. <laughs> I liked the character that, it, that I became in there. Do you think shishing was the original vaping? Definitely. Because like, there was no way I was smoking a cigarette. I'd, yeah. <laughs> there's no fucking way. But I could smoke a shisha. You hit the shisha. Yeah. It's just like so cumbersome. Some, the vaping has reinvented the shisha. You can put it in your pocket and take it with you. Yep. It's like the shisha, those shisha bars and things, are they closing? Like, it's not a good business model <laughs> now, is it? I think... <laughs> it's just every corner store is now the shisha bar. Yeah. I think in Perth, they're only ever frequented by a certain population that are still very keen on the shisha. <laughs> <laughs> is it Turkish? I something think, like that. I think Islamic. It's, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's usually where you can buy a kebab as well. Okay, yeah. kebab and shisha. <laughs> but like, I don't know. No, I'm not. You're the man from the cultural capital of What's Australia, that, not for oh, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Perth's not the place to ask about different cultures. More often than not. Um, no, the, the, those days, like living in share houses, they really shape you. I reckon. Oh, dude. So, so you, you had the shaping bay in the shed there. Yeah, I actually started at a mate's down the road, um, a guy named Mike Litton. Um, and he was living in a shed. He followed my lead oh, yeah. as well. He started a bit of a trend. He was living in a shed as well. And then his other shed, we turned into a shaving bay. Got on the shed train. Got on the shed train. Or the train shed. Or the shed. It's a train shed. <laughs> yeah. And so we started in there for my first one. And then, um, as you've probably found, like sharing a communal workspace here in Wesley like and this is 15 years on it's like still there's little things that get grindy gears about sharing space where you bake stuff with other people and yeah. um, it was the demise of a friendship really between us so I ended up in my shed <laughs> at my house um, yeah one of those things and yeah eventually so you kept going you sold a few boards early or are you just making them for friends and got so lucky like just was in a like we've already talked about being around the tame guys and deep in that perth music scene which like if you're not from perth it's a pretty special scene like you might only see the couple of bands that make it out and there's all these stories oh perth's really good at music but the fact that no one here expects to make it big you people play music like no one's watching dance like no one's watching it's like, yeah, you can watch the weirdest fucking shit and it's awesome and people will go and frequent it and everyone backs it in because it's like, you're not trying to be a rock star. You're not, there's not going to be an A&R rep there. And so I was in that culture and like, so as soon as I started making boards, 
it was the same as the music. Everyone was just like, oh, you're doing boards? I'll back that. Sick. I don't surf. Can you make me my first surfboard? Or I surf, I only surf twomies. Can you make me my first single fin? And you're like, okay. And they just, yeah, just having mates that were so up for like yeah. someone trying stuff. Um, yeah, it was why I got cracking, I reckon. Yeah, and sold a few. And then, um, I mean, there's a bit of a gap even in like our friendship between now and then, and you've got this shaping bay. So did you set this place up or what? No, I can't claim all of it. Hey, Tyson uh, from um, a guy named Tyson who makes boards called Pretty Good. Pretty Good Surfboards. That's the name. Pretty Good. Pretty Good. Pretty Good. <laughs> pretty Good. Like Very it. much fits that Perth aesthetic. Yeah. Of, um, an Aussie aesthetic of not talking yourself up too much. We're actually in his shaping bay now. He set this room up first and it was all run out of this room. And uh, he... He did all the work of like finding the place and talking to the guys from Soggy Bones and making it work. And then he just got us on board. Um, and then I've kind of fitted out with his help and with some help of mates, fitted out all the rest of the place that we've got another shaping bay, a sanding room, a gloss room and a room to glass three boards at a time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty mean, mean setup and totally tucked away. I won't give away where it is, but if people want to get in touch, I know like I was pretty lucky to actually get in and you know have your assistance to shape a board because it fuck it takes some time. Like it's not just you don't come in, do it in one day, glass it the next day. It's like do a little section, come back, do another section. So it's a lot of lot of effort. But um, I won't give away where it is. But if people want to get in touch, I'm sure they can get in touch with me or you and um. You know, we might be able to give, give him a bit more if someone wants to come down and be serious about um, having to think about it. But it is, yeah, yeah it, is, it is something that, like, gets me going. Is I love doing it with other people and, like, um, I'm sure it will f- figure later in our chat, but, like, it is something I love doing with people and filling with froth, but there's actually, it's also the time commitment, like you said, is pretty full on, but it's, like... When you when you lock in with someone that's oh we got two other blokes here at the moment that are great blokes and great people to hang out with and it's it's so nice it's so nice like I just love teaching people it's been a big part of my life and yeah but um yeah it's also I'm super time poor <laughs> I've got a career <laughs> if this derails this podcast it's because you've just glassed a board. And there's a Mel being glassed next to us. Yeah. I'm just getting the fumes just <laughs> straight in. I can't there. even smell this stuff anymore. Hey, that's how rotted my brain is from, from it. I've got a little buzz on and it's yep. probably not the mid-strength beers <laughs> that are doing it for it's me. It's the height, uh, the volatile organic compounds floating yeah, through the air. plastic reforming in another <laughs> corridor. Yeah. Or thereabouts. No, it is, it is pretty cool. Um, so tell us about your, your first couple of boards. Well, we can talk about my first couple of boards because yeah. some of the advice you gave me was like I, I, had, I knew what I wanted to do and I've been around surfboards a long time. I know 15 years ago if I shaped a board, I wouldn't have been anywhere close to what I did or what we did yeah. the first one because I understand boards so much more now and I've looked at so many more boards and fingered yeah. rails constantly and I, you know, I, like, I really enjoy that finer detail but something you said was like for your next couple do the same board again to like you're taking that variable variable out of like your rocker and you're just trying to um repeat i suppose what you did so it's like did you do that or what not not at all hey 
Like, when I, I, I've barely made the same board twice my entire time doing it, so it's pretty rich for me to tell, tell you to do it. <laughs> do as I say, don't as I do. But just seeing from others, like, when I started, there was no YouTube. Like, it didn't actually exist. Yeah, if you um, are shaping boards, man, YouTube is so good. Man. Amazing. Shrednaught, he's awesome. Is like, it, does he do, I haven't even watched any of his videos oh, yet. so I, good. I got a DVD from JC Surfboards, um, this guy from Hawaii, yeah. that had put out a video. Of, uh, one DVD was shaping, one was glassing. I watched it once. I've still got the DVDs. Yeah. I really should watch them again and actually <laughs> see if I get some value out of them. And just watch both of those and that's all I had. Like I had the lessons that Neil gave me by just telling me why he's doing something and then being like, okay, this is the reason I'm doing something. Yeah. The why, that's what helps me. And everyone's different how they learn. But, totally. But the understanding why I'm doing something, you can tell me to do it, but until I get it, yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. And in the second and third boards and fourth that I did, it's like things started to click a bit more. Yeah, totally. Ah, like, oh, yeah, this does make sense. Now I know why I'm doing this step. Yeah. It makes everything else easier. Yeah, and the hardest thing when you're making a board, I guess it's like any kind of sculpture element, is that you got to bring the board out of the block of foam that you've already got, especially because I only hand shape, and we only hand shape in here, so it's coming from like a you don't if you don't start. Some people can't visualise what they want to get out of it before they start, which yep. is myself, and like it's yeah, getting that process down of like. I'm going to do this step, this step and this step. And then when I do this last step, it'll actually bring everything out that I was planning to do before. I'm just like setting up the, the work and then I'm going to follow that crack and it's going to open the whole thing up. And yeah, I think that's the hardest thing to get when you haven't done it before. But you took to it pretty quick, hey? What? I think from doing, yeah, like one understanding surfboard so much more. Like, yep. you know, I've had so many surfboards dozens of surfboards so like understanding the differences in bottom contours and yeah what you actually want to do and how it's going to perform but then also like maybe from you know carving making spoons and different things and like, if i was to guess that that like having done finish work before yeah like as soon as you started doing stuff you'd like stop at the right time yeah and yeah. i'm like oh fuck, how did you know to stop then? Like, it's Because I think you've looked at a curve before. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, that's true. I, I don't, I'd never looked at a curve when I started. Like, I never made anything that wasn't, yeah. Maybe screwed some two-by-fours together, but like, yeah. and made a box or something, but that's haven't made a curve. Daunting, the daunting thing out of it. Like, when you make a table or you make a box, it's like, yeah, you're making the table, oh, it's not quite straight. Well, you just do it again or you yeah. add to it. You add a bit on, add a bit on. But like, yeah, you only get one shot when you finding it out of the blank um in there and i like i'd, I'd like this to be a shaping tutorial but it's not going to be because there's just so much <laughs> it's one of those things like the more you learn the more you realize you know nothing oh totally i'm it's like, like i'll regularly get to a point when i was shaping more often i'm hardly ever shaping anymore when i was shaping more often it was like i'd get i'm um, 15 years in or whatever and i'd go oh oh cool that's I've actually, oh, I've worked out um, Rail Rocker. Yeah. Uh, oh, Rail Rocker's different to your stringer line. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really actually think of that. I, oh, cool. That's that's really cool. I've, I've been really proud of how good my center rockers are. 
<laughs> yeah. And now I'd look at every old board and I'm like, oh my God, the brow ruggers are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, that board's going to move like, not going to work at all now. Which is the realisation I had on yeah. that fourth board. Was oh, okay, like, we'll show off. Fourth <laughs> board. <laughs> but, it, but it was because I, I literally came in, I'm like, okay, I'm, I wanted, because I'd been doing V bottoms. Yep. So the stringer line was the rocker that I was following. And then having it tip over, meaning that you're you've got less rocker on your rails. Like the V bottom is the bottom is like a tinny, like yep. a boat. And then I was like, okay, well I'm gonna shape a concave, which is pretty standard. So I needed to put in making the con making the rocker of the board, so the curve. Yeah, I needed to make the whole curve more than what I wanted the eventual bottom to be, because I was gonna cut the middle out of that, make it into a concave, and flatten out that rocker, and then it you know, trying to get that process and imagine the two steps ahead from the foam. Yeah. I was like, fuck. And then I thought like, and I just basically guessed it, you know, it came out. And then when I showed you the board before we glassed it, you pulled out the, what's that big, big square perspex, whatever you call yeah, it. Shape of square. The shape is square. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, look at this. This is where the water's going to flow. Yeah. And it's like, your rock is perfectly flat there. Meaning it's going to be fast. And on this way, this way. And yep. it like, I was like, yes, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> like that was the idea of it, but yeah, to actually see it all come together and like, you know, I you think that's the fun, hey, the fun of boards is like, I think the other probably big tip, if I didn't say it to you, I've said it to everyone else that's ever shaped a board with us is it'll work. Like, like you can make they all the biggest dog, they all float. And if you're stoked that, that it's yours, you'll surf it more often. And that's my big thing when like, you know, I've had, like parents come to me and be like, can you make little Johnny a surfboard? And you're like, yeah, no worries. Um, what do they want? It's like, oh no, I want them to have something that can like, that they can grow up with. And I'm like, okay, I just only want to talk to Johnny because yeah. unless Johnny like loves red and we make it red, he's not going to surf it because he's going to be like, I don't care. Yeah. But yeah. if he's invested in it and like anyone who makes their own board, it could be the biggest dog, but they're like, this is mine. And they surf it way longer than they should. Yeah. And they, and they get barreled on it more easier than they should because it's a dog and then they're like yep this is great because it's like mine and the confidence i reckon like you yeah. want it to go yeah it's easy this you is what put I up found. with the fact that oh man this board is so fast rather than this board can't turn yeah it's like yeah, no nah, yeah. this board is so fast so you just you see like, yeah you side. see all the awesome sights and then yeah the worst realization is when you get to a point that you're like oh i can actually I'm, I want it to do all. I want it to do more things. You know, oh, I can't. I don't know how to make it do more things. I've only learned how to do it, do one yeah. thing. Because that's what I found. So I've just made this six six, my tubby model. Yeah. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought I'd get in. Um, we're heading off. Help. So catch you later. Thanks, yeah. Alright. Hey, good, good boy, Carlos. Good guard dog. Good guard dog, and you waited till the door was not. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, so that thing that I noticed was, um, was, so I've got this, made this six, six tubby model. It's a bit wider. It's like giving a mid length. So it goes yep. in everything. And then, you know, I was frothing on like how it went and focusing. I was like, oh, okay, it goes, does this. But then I was interested in making it work. So I changed the fins around in the first surf, like caught three waves. And I was like, no, nah, it needs, yep. needs different fin setup. And I was like, wanted to make it work. And then I've, since then I'm thinking, okay, I can pull the tail in slightly, like quarter inch around that, you know, that's the improvement that I'll make, but you're still like happy with the board where if I'd have purchased the board from a shop, it would have been like, oh, this isn't what I wanted and instantly down on it. 
Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't what I th- imagined it was going to do, what I wanted it to do. Oh, okay. And so yeah. I've got that mentality of like, oh, I can fix this. Yep. I can change it. I can do that instead of, oh, what a piece of shit. And it's, and it's like a balance yeah, of knowing okay. what went into it to actually make the board. But the fact that you've got to own the mistake rather than owning the mistake of I purchased the wrong board. Yeah. Okay. It's like, I'm, I'm owning this like, oh, okay. That's a learning curve. Yeah. I want it to go this way. Yeah. Different, totally different mentality for having, yeah. I wonder how that fits into the fact that like that in combination with being stoked on something you made. So it's like. Yeah. Because you can't hate on it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. But then also you're like, yeah, this is something that needs to be fixed. So it's not totally absolving it of all its yeah. flaws, but or yeah, improved which is on, not even yeah. fixed. Yeah, it's like okay. improved yeah, on. Improved. It's like, oh, this is what I can do. Yeah. Make it go a bit more like this. But, you know, out of like from that board, I reckon it's ticked four out of five boxes of what I wanted it to do. Yep. Okay. And it's like just a little tweaks and you're like, yep, sick. sick. Now, now I'll go to the next step and try and do it again. But then, yeah, repeating the, repeating the steps is like the, <laughs> the impossible. Oh, that's okay. why with the spoons, like I find it's the easiest to make something that's just a bit left field or like you go with the curve of the wood and yep. if you're not making something perfectly symmetrical like salad servers which i made once and will never do again because to make them match is so hard and wow. it's like and every when people look at it it's like oh they don't match yep. that's what they see but if you go with something that's abstract they're like oh that's amazing totally i think that's why i've never made the same book twice i have yeah. but i i've really i've never yeah there's one time that when a mate of ours, Jim, had a shop that I like made a series of fish in different sizes. Yeah. That were the, like, I'm going to be a big bum. Yeah. And that's the only time I've ever done it. It's like made a series that were next to each other that people could see. And did it work out? Or was I it look like at those boards now and they're fucking dogs. But okay. anyone who's got one, they're, they're great. Yeah, bring uh, it back in. Bring it back into the shop. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing some interesting we'll ideas. Michael Peterson on them and uh, peel them back and reshape it. Yeah. That big like, chined like step deck rails yeah. down and then my thought at the time was if I'm going to have such a box like such a thick voluminous rail I want the apex like the curve of it to be this like we're not going to be talking about shaping but no, um, yeah this whatever. little like I had so I had this really round probably like the size of a small marble was the actual apex of the rail yeah but then it came curving like went on a real flat panel up to the deck and then a flat deck. Yep. And so I look back at now, I'm like, man, that would be quite hard to surf. You've got this really fine point, but you're standing on this platform well above the water. Yep. And you've got to interact Trying with the water with this tiny over. little bit of, yeah. Tilt it over onto that. What were the bottom shapes? Um, single concaves. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's not going to tilt over easy. <laughs> like a... <laughs> but it looked like a cool they old look cool. fish. And that shop, so down in North Rio, yeah. is that near Mrs. Brown's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that spot. They, um, yeah, like that's what you go into. Like I, I went into that shop so many times just to Did look you? at boards. Wow. Yeah, because like that's you look at to think that we. I remember like, seeing them. They were right behind the counter, like or next to the counter. Your boards, weren't they? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because I, because I just go in and look at the different shapes. Because yeah. it was I better don't... than, yeah, going in and looking at you know sixteen Elmerics <laughs> that are fucking basically the same yeah well they didn't have any of that style stuff did they they just had different local shapers and then they had Gatto Heroes and then they had Mitch Sermons and they had they had like if you were negative of the place they had 
the the hipster boards, but if you're positive of it, they had some of the most interesting. Like I had Andy Warhursts in there. Like they never even got Thomases or anything, which are like really nice longboards and stuff. They just had cool stuff that was like kind of on its way up at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's such a big culture. I think I don't know. I've ranted on here. I rant a lot, but uh, like you go to Jones in Exmouth these yeah. days, and fuck me, it's just absolutely taken over with. Like Dude, if you ever want to be the on if a, you are ever finding that you don't have a market for surfboards, that is the market for surfboards. Hey, like Cottesloe and Dunes, like oh, the cock crowd that go move to Dunes up there. Like so, uh, a guy pretty good who used to be in here. He made a like paid rent for a year on just making boards for for that wave. I've never surfed it. I've never been been it's, there, but yeah, yeah, it's nothing special. It's a <laughs> It's just a beachy over rock, like, yep. basically. And I didn't even surf when I was up there. I body surfed and swam around because I wasn't interested in going straight and trying to... You know, had I had this tubby model, that okay. would have been perfect for it. Yep. But I didn't have boards for it. I was, okay. I was just like, nah, I'm not going to have fun out here. I'll swim around and look at the turtles under the waves. Yep. It's more exciting. But yeah, they're just taking over. Like, people going left on rights, going straight on <laughs> waves they shouldn't be. It was just chaos. Yeah. But that's that market, right? Of like boards and people. Pretty, are... pretty, yeah. Good looking boards that are fit the van life that you've. Yeah, got. the van life. What's um so in shaping boards, whether it's like from a someone buying a board perspective or from someone going to shape in their first board, what's the mistakes like that you could could make or what you should do? Because like you know, you kind of hinted at it that you make all the boards go you make it flat enough on a rocker it's going to go fast and fast feels fun yeah so that's that's step number one that's what i would say from a it's like make it kind of flattish and generic don't do anything crazy yeah and it's going to be float and it's going to surf like people you can surf a door you know totally. eat, yeah eat, go. it's <laughs> fun kelly surfing a door that's yeah one of my first surf fair videos bits. No, I, yeah, I remember, remember yeah. watching it with Jack Mitchell in primary school. <laughs> it's weird. Um, and I don't know. It's so hard to say. Like, I think it's probably talks on something that we've talked about before. But And why I asked, like, why you think you took to shaping so well is, like, I've had quite a few different people come through and shape their first board or first couple of boards with real different personalities. Yeah. And... If I was to say the biggest issue that, like, thing that would be wrong would only be the one for me. Like, for me, the idea of, like, making it too perfect. Yeah. Like, getting worried about, if I don't do this exactly right, like, it won't work. And we've talked about it, it will work. Yeah. But then I've had people in there, in with me that are like that, and they make a great board. <laughs> and it's like, that's how their brain works to make the board, and it's like by worrying about it being too perfect, they actually consider like, so what's all my measurements? What's all my plans? And I know for me, like my personality is like a full she'll be right attitude that I like take from, that I have to force myself to be that way because I think that's really important. Yeah. Now that I've got better is like, oh, I should know all my numbers. I should write stuff down. I don't like writing it down, but it will make me better. Yeah. But then, for them, it's kind of like, I'd be like, hey, man, you just need to like, you've really, like, it's really good that you've already got that process in. You need to just have a crack. But I think it's just. You can definitely 
everything works, but as it's the the issue comes in the third board, as we as <laughs> I said to you the first time, the first one's gonna work, and like whatever your personality is, is gonna make the first one work. If you she'll be right, then you won't care, and then when you surf it, you'll love it. It's the third board that you'll fuck up. Yeah, the we can talk about some of my boards <laughs> if you want. My third one. I was at home, and this is the downfall of living a street away from the bay. Uh, I was watching Shrednaught on YouTube, yeah. and he's like, yeah, channels. He's like, this is easy. She's like, taped it up, cut it in, sand, sand, sand. He's like, boom, channels. And I was like, channels. It's 8.30 at night. I might have had a beer. I was like, I can do that. <laughs> and like, walked out the door, came down here, yeah. and just put shaped channels into the board that, I, <laughs> that I'd done. And why did I tell you the third board was going to be yeah, fucked? Yeah. What, what did I say before you'd even started your first board? Why the third board you was like, too fucked? many ideas, I reckon. Yeah, you'll, you'll just want to do something you want, fucked. You want just to do because, something. Just because you can. Because like, you can. And, yeah. and I did. But and I haven't surfed it yet. Okay. Because it's for a mate. And, and it wasn't like, fucked. It was still, it it was still good. Right. But it was just, yeah. The bones it are took there. It took about twice as long for you to fix it oh, <laughs> sanding and glass yeah. glassing channels and you're learning a whole new skill while you're still actually learning how to do yeah. the things for the first time yeah yeah it was it was pretty wild um i'm glad i did it though but that one yeah they they turned out okay and the third one what's your what's your um yeah analysis of my shaping so far then i'm not fishing for compliments you can shred it shred me here no not at all i think um yeah you'd certainly take into it as we talked before it's like really nice seeing someone that has made things before now that's not to say like i i started this never make having made anything before but i also uh, i'm still not very good and i've been doing it for a very long time (laughs) so like in that sense like i'm not a shaper i'm just a hobbyist who makes boards like yeah um in no way am a a shaper Um, when you say hobbyist like to be a shaper to make boards you've got to be doing 10 a week like you've got to be making your 10 a week would be, even if you were doing it the way we're doing it yeah um not even glassing not even shut like so um my kind of guru is a guy named ryan lovelace he's was amazing to me when i first started he let me into his bay he put me up in his house he has been one of the nicest dudes for us ever um and i'm nobody um but he he would do, I think, three a day or four a day when he's going hardcore. Yeah. And that's like, he's got, he up until very recently where he stopped taking orders, he had a two-year wait list. So he could go as hard as he could possibly go, doesn't glass or hasn't glassed his boards recently. And yeah, to get three out in a day is going to break your back. Yeah. Yeah. And he's on maybe three, maybe four on a good day. And yeah. So 10 to 15 a week, maybe would up be, to 20. Yeah, it would be like big. Yeah. But that's shaping. That's a shaper. And it's like the yeah. hobbyist thing. It's like, like, I don't think you can make money just being the hobby sort of thing. It's like, it's about enjoying the oh, process totally. and yeah. doing it for the fun. And, and then like, having the ability to do it like it's just opened up my eyes i think it's back to my like perth music scene like yeah like you you can't do things to make money if that's the driving force behind it then you don't do things that's such a good assembly it's like how many bands are out there that don't make money like most of them 
you're yeah. out you're in but a band make cool noises you make noise <laughs> and uh chirp about it and yeah. you have fun and that's sure yeah. you might get a few beers out of it exactly somewhere along the way no it's it's sick and like man i've appreciated it so much like um yeah the opportunity to come in here and it's good like having a little men's shed as well like i popped in today and there's four of us in here and the dog and everyone's like a little bit frothy yeah like, totally like how good's this little scene we've got going on yeah it's um sniff a few chemical fumes everybody's happy <laughs> yeah that gets you um get, opens the conversation pretty easy yeah when you're a little bit high <laughs> a little bit tripping um let's talk about so where we met so i did 2007 i'd done a couple of ski seasons in australia and then Mrs. wanted to do a season overseas. Okay. Um, I think it was, she was between uni, years of uni, and I'd done, I'd finished uni. That was yep. before I did my little trip around Australia for a year or two with Brad. But um, yeah, we went and did a trip to Squaw Valley, which we discovered is now called, can you remember? No, oh, can you looked it up. Oh, Palisades. Palisades. Palisades something, maybe it's, oh, Palisades Alpine? Don't know. No. Anyway, it turns out squaw is a... Highly um, offensive term. Highly offensive term. You can Which, look that up in your own time. So they changed it. I, I just got my, I bought a hat for my dad in, back then in 2007. And he's just like moved house and gave it back to me. And I've got this old hat that's really nicely worn in, you know, like it's got that nice fade and I've been through the washing machine enough times it's yep. this perfectly fitting hat and it's just got this big racial slur written it just across says it squaw. squaw valley and the yeah. year and I'm like uh, I'm going to keep wearing this hat because <laughs> I don't think anyone knows but there'll be a day that someone comes and's like that's real fucked man I'll be like <laughs> I did know that, but I still wore the hat. It's genuinely, I mean, I'm not going to say the words, but, you know, they begin with C and B and other things that, like, you would put on a hat and a beanie and just be wearing it around. Yep. That was a cheese company that had to change their name, <laughs> yeah. for example. <laughs> That's literally it. Yeah. This, um, they were, I reckon, um, so you were working there as well. I was on lifts. You were doing, what was, what was what your was job? What was the name of my... Like, it was like guest services. Guest services. I was a t- ticket ripper. <laughs> ticket, ripping tickets. I bet the induction for it. See, this is, I think this like, will be the, res- like, we're going to be talking about things in the past and whether it's the, all the chemical fumes, but I have no memories. Like, and I think... It's of a, the induction thing. Of an, anything. Man, they were like... like I have, like, three memories of that whole trip. And <laughs> so, like... And you being like, oh, yeah, I met you at that share house. I'm like, cool. I don't remember. And then you go, like, I went into that surf. I was like, that's really cool that you're in the same town as me. And then you're like, I knew you were here. We met up. Like, oh, really? Cool. Well, turn like, the... Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, turn the ring pulls on your can so <laughs> yeah. that you know who's, who's beers who. Yeah, I think we've just started that... I, I have a thing that I do with every beer that I crack open and I turn to the right and I have no, I just have a memory of someone being like, oh, you got to do this because then you'll know it's your beer. And I've done it my entire life. And when I was 18, we was and I met and he's like, I'll do this. And I'm like, I think you taught me to do it or I've just manufactured that memory, <laughs> yeah, well, but I've done it. I just don't even, yeah. I don't know many other people that do it, if any, <laughs> and that, and I've always done it because you know, people, maybe it's because my mate Brad would just have this habit of picking up my beer constantly. Okay. And it didn't matter though. I would do the ring pull thing and he'd just pick up your beer and drink it anyway. It's like, you're drinking my beer. It's like, no, I'm not. And it's like, see the ring pull? <laughs> that's my beer. I'm getting another one. It would totally make sense in my mind. I've decided that that's where I learned it from. So, because I've done it. <laughs> so my memories of the induction, right? They, yeah. they had the 1960 Winter Olympics there about that i'm pretty sure it's 1960 and this uniform's like black with a red sash and then squaw valley written across it and they're basically like 
neo-Nazis. Like you had to, the uniform screamed it, but you had to like basically preach allegiance to these people. You had to learn the history verbatim of like the guy who set up, who was dead, who wasn't even around. And like his missus was still there and Nancy, Nancy someone her name was. And you had to like, if she'd walk past, bow down to her pretty much. It was like really weird introduction to this, to this ski resort. And everything in the States, like this is only 2000, it was 2007, eight okay. season. Yep. I reckon eight, nine. Yeah. 2007, 2008 summer here. Winter there. And like, you know, apart from that introduction and then you start, then it's like, okay, you get, you got to set up a bank account with these people, but it's like they the bank has come Wells, Wells to Fargo. Like, Wells Fargo. You got a little pony. Like, yeah. The yeah. fucked bank that like caused the mortgage crisis. Yeah. And, and you had to like, they came and opened up all these accounts for us, like on the induction day. I was like, yep. oh yeah, this is just what you do. But the funny thing is when they paid us, you got paid at the ticket counters on Wednesday after work sort of thing. So everyone would line up. They'd give you your check in one window, a check, and then you'd go to the next window and then they would cash the check. The lady sitting next to the lady that gave you the check. Yeah. And then you get cash. And then the third person when you left was probably Alex who's selling mushrooms, weed, whatever you needed. That's right. And then most people would just give Alex half of their paycheck. But you walked out. I saved heaps of money because being the ticket ripper, yeah, people would just hand me mushrooms and uh, weed to get up the lift. Uh, did, would you? Oh, of I course. Mean, okay. <laughs> because I was trying to find what kind of human I was going to be at that age. And so I was just like, yes, I'll take that. Cool. Take awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's an interesting point. Because like, so the person you were back then, you were 18, you were pretty green. You had a mustache. I'm the one rocking the mustache now. Did I have a mustache? You were rocking the mustache. I must have worked pretty hard to get that (laughs) back then. I think it was, you could tell you were proud of it (laughs) at the time. Like, like it was was coming in. That's probably why the people from Adelaide were extremely homophobic towards me. (laughs) (laughs) Were they? Oh, mate. The first (laughs) night I've like come in, I'm like, remember that pro skier that lived over the road from us? I had this like, dude, he broke his back like straight away in the start of the season. Anyway. It was just like, this, how old pro skier, probably like 25 at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, he'd just been early season bombing off cliffs and I, he broke I remember his back. The, so I can't remember the guy's name. No idea. But hey. the, the ski resort, look it up, he's mental for in Just type in cliffs. squaw. <laughs> yeah, just type in squaw. squaw image. Yeah, video. squaw. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were a bit homophobic to you. They, oh yeah, because I started putting on like, I like realized that it, there was this house band, like house artist from San Fran, and I was like, "Where near San Fran? I'm gonna play this." And like, oh. he'll put it on, and then he was he'll rock it out to it, and then we're dancing around in the living room, listen, like listen to yeah dance music, doing what you do, dance to dance music. Yeah, and then um, yeah, they were like that guy with mustache. I think he's into good blokes, and me being like. I don't know if I am. <laughs> I might be. I might be. But I'm definitely not into you guys. <laughs> well, they're from South Australia. You know? I, think, uh, I think, yeah. WA and South Australia have beef going way back that we both think the other one's a bit shit. So yeah. I don't think we're on the best path to start with. But that's, yeah, interesting. Like the, you know, my impression, obviously, when you're 18 and fuck, I'd changed a bit in those previous three years because I was mm. only 21 
But like, yeah, you're a different, bit of a different personality. Like you're finding your way. I'd love to know, know like, from your perspective what you remember of me. Because yeah, I don't, like I said, I've got no memories. I reckon like young, enthusiastic and like, because you were there by yourself. How did you end up at school? Yeah, early? yeah. So like I, I was there with the missus. Most people came with a friend or yeah, someone yeah. else. I totally, I, so I was um, only child, like all boys school. Single gendered sports. The mustache is making more sense. <laughs> yeah. And like loved an all boys school, not just because of the mustache, but like loved it because like our school, we had AFL scouts at footy games. Like it was a sports school. I'd wake up, go, wake up at like 4am, go to school, do sport till 8.30, then go do a lesson of PE and then do my elective lesson, which was sport. And then I would do training in the weights room after school. Yep. And so it was just sport all the time. And I loved it. Um, Any big, big guns come out of the school? Plenty of AFL players. Hey, like guns. so the Sampies, the oh, yeah. um, Sherrod Wellingham was my year. Um, I was never a footy guy. So trying to remember all the footy players. But then there was um, people that swum for Australia. The rowers that rode for Australia. Um, yeah. If you wanted to be good at something, like play cricket, you could, we were ne- we, we practiced in the Wacker Nets, like the state ground for yeah, WA, right. and which was right next to our school. Like you could do anything at the highest level. Like we had AFL players were our coaches, um, ex-Olympians were What's our rowing school? coaches. Trinity College. Trinity, yeah. Um, and I loved it, but like, so I was all in it. It was just boys club all the time and then got to the end of like got to my final year so I was a rower rowing was my thing and I was like really enthusiastic but not like just small I was tiny and then what I did in year 11 was just I'd wake up and eat till I need to throw up and then then go do sport and then eat till like eat as much food I put on 10 kilos in a year and I went from the worst crew to the top crew which had hadn't happened before and then right before like the big race, which was like our, like we were doing an Olympic level training program, like the amount of times, obviously not at the, at the achievement level of an yeah. Olympian, but doing the regime of an Olympian rower. And so I was not going out, not hanging out with friends. And two weeks before our like final race, which was the Head River, a mate killed himself and I went, oh, okay, that's, that's really sad, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm just, I've got rowing to do and I can't cause I've been working towards this for like four years. And so I don't, I'm not going to engage with this at the moment. The process of it, like the process, mate. Um, I mean, everyone's close when you, everyone's close age, in year 12. Yeah. Like, like when he cut his wrists, he came and told us. Does that mean we were friends? It was probably because we weren't the closest of friends that he could tell me. Yeah. Um, but what really fucked me up was because I hadn't hung out with everyone was that when he killed himself, I found out from someone that definitely wasn't his friend. Yeah. And our friends didn't tell me because I wasn't on their mind because I didn't turn up to stuff and I wasn't involved. So um, because I was rowing. And so I, like, didn't engage. Oh, like, I did engage. I totally engaged. I, like, put myself probably front and centre of 
all of the grieving because I was like, no, I'm, but I kept rowing and then we got into our race and we came second last. And I was like, awesome, that's sick. That's sick that I haven't hung out with my friends or anything. Like we were coming second all year and then we came sixth in the race. And I was like, because we were like, before the race, we're like, hey, we're gonna go for a crazy tactic. And if we pull it off, we win. If we don't pull it off, we'll probably come last. And we didn't pull it off and we came right, second What's a crazy, last. I hate to bring up a tangent, but what's a crazy tactic in rowing? Aren't you going from A to B? You're going from A to B, yeah. Last. So ideally, like, you're facing the wrong way yep. when you're going from A to B. Wait, so you turned it around. <laughs> yeah, we turned it around, <laughs> we're backwards. No, so if you're in front, you can watch everyone come. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's not like sprinting. Like it's, yeah, okay. it's a, it's imagine a 800 meter race. Like, so you go and go to go blow. Mm-hmm. But it's a seven-minute race. So what would that be? A seven-minute race. Yeah. Anyway, so it's like seven minutes of maximal intensity exercise. Yeah. Like full lactic burn. So if you can sit on someone and look back at them, you've just got a huge psychological advantage. Yeah. They make their big push of the day, and you can, you've got like three strokes before you can just respond and hold. So we had a school that just sat on us every week, and we couldn't push through them. Yeah. So we were just like, we're going everything for the first 500 metres of a 2K race. And we got out in front of them for the first time all year. Yeah. But we just blew ourselves up and like exploded. We were just backing on the fact that if we can get in front of them, we'll be able to just, we'll see them come and we can make a change. Because we weren't far off them all year. Yeah. But yeah, we just blew ourselves up. So that was our crazy tactic. But yeah, it was, after that, I was just like, awesome. I've, there, there was no point to that at yeah. all. Um, and I think that probably, yeah, put me to a, there's no point to much things <laughs> for yeah. quite a long time after. Um, and so I went to uni and all I wanted to do at uni was sit like many people on the, the lawn and drink beers and hang out with people. And even more so, like if I try it something a lot, <laughs> my friend's going to kill himself. <laughs> Like if I try to make myself better or try, bad shit happens and I'm not involved. So I'm not going to try. I'm just going to hang yeah, and be the hang guy forever. <laughs> and um, wow. yeah, that was kind of like, yeah. The one thing that I did was like while I was on the lawn sitting there, like they, someone came around was like we've got Camp America jobs where you can come and teach kids at camp or if you want you could go skiing through our program as well but we're actually selling this Camp America thing I'm like man I just want to go somewhere where there's snow so I just signed up through that and that's how I got the job Yeah, okay. um, and was very much like had a super supportive family and stuff and my whole thing was like you're not telling me anything I'm not doing anything I'm going by myself I'm not planning anything I'm not yeah doing because I'm just going to be the hang guy. I'm not going to try. Because that would flow. be shit. I'll go with the flow. Dance to house music. Dance to house music. And Grow a moustache. It, it worked. <laughs> That's probably the worst thing that ever happened to me. Was I like got on a plane and landed in LA and was like, oh, I haven't actually organised where to stay or know anything I mean, about so LA. You were properly on a like, just go with the flow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I landed there and luckily like that fam, the like group of guys that were a couple of years older than I talked about before from that house in West Leedy, they were like a few years older than me at school. They were like the super jock, but smart 
as you are at these schools. Like if you're good at sport, you're also smart because you get all the opportunities. Yeah. And they had like got onto a trip while at uni of taking a bunch of acid and had become like, hey, if we're going to be like these good looking, smart dudes, we could be either real pricks or we could just be insanely nice, like too, like fake nice and bring everyone along. And that's going to be a better option for us. And so there were just these, it was this weird contradiction. Instead of being assholes, they were just like, man, you're the biggest legend with the biggest cock I've ever met. And you're like, you've never seen my dick. But that's, I value it's that. Like the Thanks, opposite man. of the, the US standard high school movie. Smart, yeah. Jock oh, no, they were that at school. They were the high school while they were like, at school. But once they got on to... So they just had the click. They had the click. Trip. Yeah, I think they met a few people. They went on like, a few trips around the world. And then they were on a trip, like this group of 15 blokes. And they were just like... They'd send us, I'd send an email earlier and then when I landed, got like, went onto a little like, pay, put like 52, a couple of quarters yeah. in, in and go onto the internet yep. and be like, oh yeah. And I got an email from one of them who was like, yeah, we're going to be in Venice at this hostel. So I just walked over and was like, all right, this hostel, rocked up there. None of them were there can I stay here? They're like, oh yeah, we've got a couple of beds. Like, okay. Went into this hostel, never stayed in a hostel before. Like, okay. And then one of them comes in, he's like, oh, you didn't pay for a room, did you? Like, oh yeah, I did. Oh, oh we're, we're off to this, our mate's place in uh, Beverly Hills. And he's like, okay. Jump in the car with them, off to <laughs> Beverly Hills, like proper full mansions. And like, oh, yes. they just, they were these guys because they were just so like, yeah. Open to shit. Open to shit. You smile at people. You're friendly. And you lock the eye on it and you go, hey man, that's what you need to do. (laughs) Like when you're that way and like, yeah, they took us in and then they were driving to San Fran to then fly to Vancouver, uh, Vancouver to go do a Whistler season. Yeah. So I did the trip with them and they were just like the nicest dudes the whole way. And yeah, it was like, I probably got on the vibe of like, um, mate, when we get to San Fran, all the blokes will be all over you because it's gay town there. And so I was like, yeah, it's pretty funny to talk about gay people like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's probably what the energy I took into that house. <laughs> um, and so... Just, just dusts the glitter off his shoulder as yeah. you walk in. Oh, mate, buying silly hats to like... It yeah. was the most like oh, 2007... You had a yellow and green jacket is that yeah what you yeah yeah it was real bright yeah man I was, but it was, I was kind all of about loud yeah. being loud being at retro 80s yeah um because like i'd gone from being pretty laced up and was just like yeah so it's interesting you thought that i was like so positive because i was pretty low that was like very much what i wanted to project but i don't know if i entirely was yeah yeah i, I they, well i think it was a bit of that but then there was a bit of like this like you were standing out a bit as to like not too sure who you were yeah like you could still tell that because you 18 I mean fuck everyone, you know everyone's yeah. 18 you come out of school you're in between the lines at school you know you're wearing a uniform or you're doing this you're told what to do you're fed information and then you've got to come out and discover who you are and yeah it's that's such an interesting story like and heavy about you know you mate committing suicide and then it's like what the click of perspective of like whoa hang on like what is life about like a little bit of an eye opener like you stop you jump off the tracks that are school sort of yeah, thing yeah totally and the, and similar thing happened to me but, um, so I was a you know group four at high school 
and one of the guys died in a car accident on the 2nd of January. So we just finished school. Yeah. You know, like I'd turned 18 two days before. It was like we were camping with his family down at Wilson's Prom and it's like all he wanted to do was go and be a jackaroo. Didn't want to um, go to uni or anything. So he's gone up to New South Wales jackarooing. Yeah. And then, yeah, accident happened. Like, so he's died and it was like a real rock. And like for me, you know, I stayed between the lines, did uni, did all the sports, had all the amazing opportunities at a private school. But then, you know, I was going to go to uni. I just wasn't frothing on it. Yep. He come Jan Feb and it's like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, there's so much more. Like, my eyes had just opened up to everything else. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to go to uni. And okay. I'm going to deal with that next year. I'm yep. just going to go get in my car and drive up the coast. Okay. And be present. And like... It's funny, and his brother, so the guy that passed away is Kyle, and his brother, Damo, said to me, I was at their place, and he's just like, you should go and do a snow season. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I've never been to the snow before. And he's like, yeah, I'd like to go, but we couldn't afford it going, growing up, take a whole family to the snow. And I was like, he goes, yeah, just apply for these jobs, like tell them you can snowboard, no worries. So did exactly that, and it was, told him, you know, snowboarding ability intermediate, never been to the snow before, never yep. stood on a snowboard. <laughs> Like, back it in yeah backed it in Damo sorted me out got me some kit and went up and got two, got a job at Buller and Hotham on the lifts and same thing like you've got this family of people and I'm an individual all of a sudden yeah and it's like you know and I was super loud and like you know excited to be there that personality but amongst that I think there was sort of 70 group like epic season 2004 maybe 70 lifties or in like associated. So you have this huge family, everyone's frothing, young people, you can kind of like click, see who you click with. And that's funny enough where I met Andy, like yeah. working in the snow oh, wow. So doing that, you know, and I kind of got on with him and he was there early, being up from Tassie and they stayed late as well. Even um, his mate Dan. So they did, yeah, the end of the season. Yeah. And then after that, I went down to Tassie and hung out with them and it was like, these were my people like you were getting a hint of totally. having your own personality and doing that and as much as like I had friends at high school it's like no one was into surfing no one was really into skiing and if they were it was like go to a lodge and do all the fancy sort of shit go to yeah. Vail you know in summer holiday holidays like not what I was into yep and it's like yeah you find that personality out of I'm just gonna do what I wanna do like from that yeah being, being ultra present I think it interesting thing I find reconnecting with you do you feel like you still do that because it seems like from an outside perspective it seems like you're someone that still is very open to I I, in a sense feel like that moment has passed for me in a good way <laughs> but not in like for me it's good yeah that I like yeah but I also like very like that's awesome that you seem to be so good at like even those two folks we were just in here before you're able to like connect with people pretty well and like that sort of stuff I reckon ebbs and flows definitely because I've been through you know, I've just done a few seven years in a corporate job yep. that not necessarily you feel like an imposter at all but the personalities and the people in there maybe not meshing with who you are and what you want to do yep. and when I first started there I think that's probably where my thing has come from because I was so unwilling to be around people that I don't mesh with yeah. for so long Yeah, that yeah. that made me be 
be like, I'm happy to not keep looking because I've found yeah. crew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, well, that's what stopped me is what I'm saying. Going into, and I think like doing that, like I remember the first year or the first couple of months and getting coached from this guy. He's like, this is how you do an interview or a meeting. This is how you do this. Okay. And it wasn't necessarily me. And yeah. I'm, for the first bit, I was like trying to be him. Yep. And he's a very successful salesperson and great meetings, but his personality, totally different person to me. Yep. And I was trying to be him. And until I let go of that, I was like, no, no, you've got to be yourself. Yeah. And like in that, I actually, I was like, oh, fuck, it got way easier okay. in that job. But still, being in that place wasn't necessarily what I'd do, even living in Perth. Like I ran away from Melbourne because yeah. it's too much hectic for me. Yep. But, you know, am I living in Perth? Do I want to be living in Torquay or in Margaret River or somewhere yeah. else? And it's like, this year's been so good to step back and go, nah, let's do whatever the fuck I want to do. Because wherever life's decisions have got me, relationships yeah. to this point, like take it all as positive experience and learn from it. But then like, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to spend your energy now? Because I've got the opportunity to do that. And like being more present, I think from going up north, um, you had that time to like detach from social media, detach from the noise and the external influence and like actually think and like yeah. that feel after two weeks like your brain kicking in and winding up it's like oh this is who i am where what's important and like you can free up your ram to come in and see those two guys and be like hey and like look at them with open eyes and they're like have a real conversation when of like instead of wasting all your energy somewhere you didn't want to be yeah totally dusting it it's like that's that is a big change and even like camping with harry the other week midweek camping trip just sitting staring at the fire and then I had to go again I went again that weekend yep. and then I went again just this week I've been in bugs for the week but it's like you know where there's no ads it's like camping there's yep. no fucking ads when you're camping no one's trying to sell you shit no one's trying to sell you shit no one's trying to force anything down your face yep. the only advertising is when you open the esky yep. the fridge and look in it it's like it's just so much better for you like, yeah totally just switch off like it's the, the ad stimulus is like too much I find, yeah, I find it hilarious that we've reconnected at the year that you're doing this. And this is like, I I was living in a shed for, for years where like I was getting paid for and I had 80 bucks a day to be a relief teacher. And my rent was $400 a month Yeah, for many years. So I worked 12 days a year to pay my rent. Yeah. Like I have lived that life for a long time yep. and it's like we've reconnected in the year that I'm I'm, I'm under it working with a, working, working with people that I wouldn't normally hang out with and having to make friends with people that are different to like my normal set of mates and like um, my missus is living in a different country and it's like I've got the most stresses I've ever had in yep. my entire like I started being a paramedic people are like why'd you get into this is it the service of people you do you love medicine do you like, no I, they said four days on four days off like and i get paid on holidays like the only thing different to what i was doing before where i'd have maybe two days on five days off is i didn't get paid on holidays so i'll, I'll do a couple more days and still have plenty of time off and yeah. it's not played out like that at all it's, it's, i'm living this horrible life where i'm just trying to 
Because it's learn how to, like you see, the end of the the light at the end of the tunnel to get out and. Mate, it's going to be my focus for next year is to remap my brain. I've lived in like a constant state of cortisol for the last like two years, combined with like the fact that, like. Every now and then it's good cortisol. You get to drive with the lights and sirens on on the wrong side of the road and you're like, woo! <laughs> that kind of cortisol is hell fun. Yeah. But then like, yeah, that waking up with like that dream you have where you're like, oh, I've got that uni assignment due, but it's actual, real, that you wake up and you're like, oh no, damn it, that nightmare is true. I have that uni assignment due. That's funny. I, act- I actually still have that dream sometimes. <laughs> yeah. The one, but it's like the subject I'm sitting in and I've not paid any attention. Yep. And I'm like, I don't actually understand. How can I, like, I'm good at winging things. I don't know anything about this subject. And there's a, the assi- there's an assignment due today. <laughs> Which is entirely true for me as I do a full-time <laughs> job and then have to do full-time uni at the same time. I regularly am writing assignments that I'm like, man, this would be so much easier if I'd done any of the work, but I'm just having to do this creative writing project that I <laughs> something that creative. I have no... I'm, like, last semester, I didn't look at any content and I still had to pass so to you, keep my job. Do you, do you enjoy like the paramedics? Like, you enjoy the adrenaline of it? Or like... Because it does seem like, uh, to me, looking out from the outside in yeah. as not a sustainable career. One, from shift work perspective, but two, from the dealing with the trauma and like that excitement the adrenaline like yeah, yeah it's great for a few years so is working on ski lifts but it's like totally. it's not forever man this yeah i i came into the job and the consensus was like our ceo came on our onboarding and was like all right got she was not well liked but um and she didn't like paramedics because we're lazy and overpaid and complained a lot which partially true but also there's lots of things to complain about and we don't get paid enough uh so she was like yep your life expectancy is five years in this job wow and so that was my onboarding and that was kind of my mindset of like yeah cool five years gotta keep i've done 10 years of stasis where i haven't tried to achieve anything and i because if you try and do something bad shit happens and i've entered this job being like no nah, i'm gonna like work towards being better and moving on to different things there's plenty of different things that aren't just working that two two four like middle of the night night shift stuff you can be in so many different fields within the service or within other stuff and i've kind of entered the job with that mindset that being said like um the culture's changing they can't we've had a history of the last with covid with a bunch of other stuff where the uh ambulance service much like ambulance service all around the world have been losing more people than they can recruit at the same time so they're having to change the culture of being like no we need to find ways to keep people in this job and and like you said more people using the service as a bloody transport to yeah and totally justifyingly but like yeah for me that kills me like um some people love the idea that they get to do low acuity stuff and things but i'm still got the adrenaline junkie and not adrenaline junkie that sounds like i just want bad shit to happen but i enjoy going to somewhere that is someone's worst day of their life and trying my best to yeah. make it a little bit less yeah and and being on point being yeah and being like oh the reason yeah I, like we talked about the war i'm i'm doing this for this reason <laughs> I'm trying to secure their airway so air keeps going into their chests and then yeah. I'm trying to stop the red stuff going out at the same time 
and then what are the things that I'm going to do at the same time to do those two things and it's like because I'm trying to yeah it's that's enough but how do you go with like the association of you know you mate committing suicide and like when you have to turn up to an attempted suicide like that's a pretty traumatic experience to go through having a friend do that but then yeah seeing someone doing that like, if I was to be this? really harsh, I think so much of my trauma that came from my mate committing suicide wasn't the act of him committing suicide. It was that I didn't get the phone call from my friends. Yeah. In hindsight, looking at the trauma then, like I was really sad about him dying. And it, what, what I was sad about was that I wasn't people's priority, being an only child and wanting that, you know, like that's yeah. that was what was sad. So like I have been to a few hangings since. Um, and they don't, None of them have stuck with me, hey, at all. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that out of some tough thing. I, like, got into the job being like, if I just go pick up nanas off the ground and put them back into bed, that'll be the best job ever. Yeah. Like, I I want to work t- <laughs> four days on, four days off and do no hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and get paid good money. Like, that's all I wanted. But it's interesting having got into the job. Like, I've probably had, for my cohort, like, the most experience to big stuff out of, like, the group of friends or, like, at least equally to other people and that's what keeps me interested in getting better at the job yeah do they help you out with like dealing those things like because i just yeah i i i wouldn't do it. i lifeguarded for a number of years managed yep. to miss all of the major incidents but yep. you know there was counseling offered for people that had to do cpr my sister had to do cpr on a dead motorcyclist like totally. outside our house basically and it's it's shit that sticks with you totally like how do they how do you manage that like um, there's, I think, I feel, feel for your sister. That's horrible. Like, um, and I would still really struggle if someone came for their motorbike out the front of where we are right now. Like it would mess me up. Been to the equivalent or, um, in my job and it hasn't caused me any issues because you get a call, you've got a quarter of a million dollars worth of gear in a van and you spend, if you unlucky five minutes most of the time 15 minutes driving to that job Mm. with a person next to you that you go so when we get there you're on the red stuff you're on the you're on the air and we talk what does that mean you get there pull out your stethoscope you've got gear you do stuff so and you try your best um where if it happened in front of me now i'd be like i don't have any of my things yeah yeah, am i trying my best am i doing the right things um so yeah i think in that sense, I've been really lucky. Like, the stuff that sticks with you is the things that, like, is where you've made a mistake. And, like, um, I had a little kid that, I don't know if you, I, I don't have kids, you don't have kids, but people who have kids out there know that kids have seizures. And when you say that, it's like, kids have seizures? That sounds horrible. Seizures kill people. But kids, like, don't have the ability to regulate their own temperature. And they regularly have these things called febrile seizures. And so we were going to a febrile seizure. And most of the time you go there and you're like, oh, okay. Mum and dad are freaking the hell out because no one's told them that this kid's going to have a seizure. But it's just their body's way of going, stop. (laughs) And they just lay down. How old? Like up until three. Okay. Really young. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they're convulsing and foaming at the mouth and biting their tongue. And, but it's super short self-resolves and they're fine so i'll go on one of those and i'd never seen one before but i knew they happened and i was like i'm all over this 
and the coach mum through what this is and we're going to take him to hospital and it got there and it was a febrile seizure and it was all fine and kid was fine and everything was awesome and then as I put him in the van he, he didn't have function of one side of his body and hadn't had a seizure had had a, like a stroke for a kid under three and kids under three don't have strokes and so he didn't have he he had function of both sides of his body before when we were in the house and I mucked around in the house for way longer than I should have because it was a febrile seizure and they're not that, that bad and so yeah that stuck with us yeah but like because I because he got to hospital it was getting worse so it was like oh if we got him to hospital quicker that could have slowed things down and I'm yeah thing that sucks about being paramedic you don't get to find out what happens <laughs> like it's medical privacy and like they get to hospital and they're someone else's patient yeah and that's also the best thing and also a really good thing about the fact when i said before i've got no memory like i don't actually remember many jobs and like maybe you are the perfect paramedic in that sense like it's not memory like i don't have the ability to form new memories like some (laughs) memento but like i just introduce myself i just like yeah when people like i remember that time that this happened i'm like no i just yeah so I think it's good for us, but yeah, things that do stick is, yeah, kids, kid jobs. And I can't imagine if you're a dad been doing kid jobs, like it, that's what people quit once they have kids because they're like, I don't want to go to a kid job. Yeah. Or they take their holidays in summer because they're like, I am never going to someone's pool. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're just like, that shit. People maybe, quit. Maybe we need to be taking in more than 50 people every year into this pandemic. Well, yeah, they, there's it's, a high turnover. They've got so many more, yeah. People, but that's the other thing. Now they take uni graduates, which is a cultural change for WA. So we've got a bunch of 21-year-olds on road. Great, great people. I really enjoy them, but really different vibe for the whole workforce and all the old, like, burnt-on oldies are like, these kids, they don't, they've never done anything in their life and now they're going to this thing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but we need bodies in vans. So, wild, wild, yeah. wild times. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's for me. Uh, being a paramedic like after lifeguarding and yeah and like not having to deal with incidents the most my first day lifeguarding I walked into I was like oh newbie there's a there's an incident in the change rooms we'll give it to the new guy yeah it's like oh yeah and I walk in you know it's like old old dude like proper old and he just dried himself with a towel a little bit too hard and his varicose veins oh. just like leaking blood like and here's me like oh pressure yeah bandage, elevation Ele- i'm like oh. Oh, and like it just did not stop oh leaking. no they don't they don't stop and they, and they can paint the walls yeah. with the stuff <laughs> so of course looks like, like an arterial bleed if you've never seen oh, yeah. one <laughs> it was proper like yeah. that there was a puddle forming yeah and i'm like standing in this change room think with pressure on this thing going oh fuck like am i doing the wrong thing there's people looking at me there's yeah there's old man dicks everywhere <laughs> like oh mate the amount of old man dicks i've seen <laughs> and uh, yeah it was just it was like oh this is not going to be a good career for me <laughs> but great job i actually recommend it to anyone if you're doing like uni jobs or like during high school because as a 16 year old i was getting paid the same as the guys that were 30 doing it yep and my mates are earning eight bucks at the cinema and i was getting paid I think it was twenty dollars, maybe twenty two, and then extra pay for Sundays. Yeah. So I was doing one day a week, working yep. four hours on a Sunday, rolling out with over a hundred dollars. Yeah. And like, um, you know, I didn't have expenses. I was sixteen. Totally. It was just yeah, really. That was... Nokia thirty two ten was full, yeah, always yeah. full of credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the um, 
you couldn't send enough text messages in a month, though, could you? Like AAA, you know, tick, 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 tick. Jeez, we were good. But you could download some polyphonic ringtones, which would eat up your credit pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Now, that's really cool. I think, have you got any questions for me? I don't know if I'm... Um, you're right, Carlos. <laughs> Just headbutted my leg. <laughs> tell us about your um, tell us about your dog, Carlos. Here, he's an interesting breed. Uh, he's a Portuguese water dog, which, for some cohort of people, are like that's the one the Obamas have. Uh-huh. Um, he, he looks like a labradoodle. It does look like a labradoodle. Um, somewhat allergic to dogs. Wanted a mid mid-sized dog or a big dog. Didn't want a little dog, and then quickly realised I didn't want a oodle because i've met too many that are weird and then even the guy that invented labradoodles hates the fact that he invented them and thinks it's a scourge on (laughs) dogs because and so there were a few choices um was yeah and landed on portuguese water dog a dog that was bred to be a companion on your fishing boat so a dog that wants to hang around with you and wants to listen to what you have to say um which I thought was a pretty nice, attractive feature. They've got, like, Carlos has a very human personality. Like, he looks at you. Yeah. Like, he looks you in the eyes. He wants like, to, he, yeah. He wants he's to not a Kelpie that stands 20 metres away and watches your hand. He, like, looks for your face to be like, what What are we doing next? What are we doing yeah. next? Yeah. yeah. He's classic. Like, he's really personable, really friendly. And you can imagine sitting on a fishing boat yeah. with just a dog all day. Certainly. He's, like, quite cool. Um quite an interesting breed yeah i've never i've not um hung out with one that i knew before yeah we're friends aren't we, aren't we carlos <laughs> he's got little web feet and he loves to swim but he hates when i'm in the water so he oh, he's a doesn't come to the beach when i surf because he will like paddle out and try and drag me back into the shore being like you're not meant to be out here you don't have web feet um classic yeah um they're real good all right um well, you know what it is one off the wood okay which do you know more and more i've been drinking less and less yeah i think andy has too it's like conversely back to the differences between the two of us (laughs) this year has been my highest drink the missus lives in a different country i uh yeah i've regularly found myself dancing to 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 house music in the middle of the house by myself just being like oh i'm pretty pissed and i'm about to go do a 13 hour shift tomorrow this is sick you needed a release. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty funny, actually. Yeah, a little, Never been um, that much of a... Yeah, the, where we crossed over on... The seesaw of life, yeah. But um, but one off the wood, so just to you know, do the podcast justice, I'm actually... I bought a case at Emu Draft, the blue cans, the uninitiated. It's the first time I've ever had Emu Draft, hey. Mid-strength. I, my first experience of Emu Draft, I was mowing the lawns for a lady called Annie in on 24 Road, down out of Caradale. Okay. And... Um, yeah, I was 22 at the time. It was real hot. I put a bandana on, took my shirt off, big lawn. Oh, you, you're Annie, a dream fan. Yeah. And Annie... You had the long hair as well, uh, didn't long you? Long hair. And um, Annie got super embarrassed because there's no fences. Yeah. The neighbours were there. It's, it was like a farm property. Like yeah. It was actually a vineyard and she had the literally the original 100-year-old house on it. You were the original Jamie yeah. Jury. <laughs> yeah. And the other people... Anyway, she got embarrassed and, yeah. and had to leave. I was <laughs> like, oh, oh, they think I'm watching you. And like she just left. Anyway, and she left, got me a six-pack of Amy Drafts. And um, that was my... Did she, did, you, did she like put one in your thong as they, you were no, out were, the front? They, they were really nice. They were like in the, just in tuck the little cooler. In. No. It was pretty funny. So I had um, 
that was my first experience. And then since then, I might have drunk one or two. But yeah, I like them. I've just rediscovered them. Yeah. Mid-strengths, it's better for having a couple of beers when you want to have a couple of beers. Yeah. And then like not feeling drunk or... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm, yeah. I think the only issue for me is they're, they're mid-strength, but I feel like I can drink them twice as fast. They're, yeah, you can't. They're, they're real easy to drink. <laughs> real easy drinkers. Yeah. Um, might be my new beer of summer, I reckon, just to keep you on a level pace. Um, and my favourite segment, I think everyone's, is uh, is what's got you frothing, Ben. So if you have you got something that's got you frothing lately? Well, I think I have to allude to what well, something we already talked about is due to, yeah, I'm very rarely in this shaping bay anymore. It's something that I've done so much of and I absolutely frothing today just being in here with people doing surf talk. Like, I think you probably noticed at one point, like, you and the two other blokes are having a yarn and I'm off just feeling pale as a resident and doing things, just listening. And it's, I just love yeah the amount of hours i spent with tyson in here just talking about why we're doing things nothing's right like in making these boards we're essentially just <laughs> confirmation biasing each other and being like this is <laughs> yeah. the reason we do this maybe like that's definitely the the new foundation for why i think things <laughs> yeah. um but like it's it's called it's support a, yeah supporting. it's a great yeah. like it's yeah it's what i realized i love about and why I've wanted people in this space, not just to help with rent. Like, that would be back to, like, making boards to make money. Like, just having people in here to make rent, I'd just stop doing it if it was about that. It's, like, keeping energy in the place. And if today it felt like there were lots of energy in the place, you know. There was one bloke restoring an old Mal from 1967 that from the East Coast that he got brought over here by another friend who drove the Nullarbor. And he's cut it all out and... We've talked about like the best ways to restore this old mow that still shows the flaws and the problems with it through these skills that I've learnt over the last 15 years. And then there's another bloke shaping his first surfboard at the same time being like, how do I use a sander? How do I do this? How do I do that? And like, and then you're here being like, mate, <laughs> I reckon the board I just made is the best board I've ever made. <laughs> and, <laughs> Number four. And, <laughs> mate, I think it... It couldn't be beat. Like, I, I, it's got a, it's got a model name, and it's going into mass production. I think you couldn't beat it. At the same time, handing out beers. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never named a model of a board in my entire time. Um, yeah, it's just that energy in the place. So that's got me frothing for sure. Yeah, I like that. It's good. Yeah. It's good to to share this this space and be a part of the the froth as well. Yeah, I want to. Um, my froths, uh, I, I try to avoid the surfing ones now, but it's very hard because it's just the easiest froth. <laughs> I, had, I had such a sick wave down um, this week in Margs. Managed to have main break at three o'clock completely by myself for 15 minutes. Like, it was like I was surfing a heat out there. Yeah, I was about to say, you put, put together a two-combination score to put them in. I got one wave. I got one wave in the oh, whole time. <laughs> so I didn't... Well, you could get beaten on that. <laughs> I don't, no, you got to build a house. <laughs> was. You gotta, I was holding sixes, yeah. so yeah. I was waiting for the eight. Okay. But, but I got... um, Yeah, it was just like six-foot glassy, one of those like Goldilocks swells where everything's... Um, everything else is on, like all yep. lefties, Allenbrook section, Brown up was on, like grunters, like everywhere. So it spread everyone out and then they're all surfed out and I was just happened to be in the water as like that changeover happened. 
and yeah, it was it was nuts. This isn't my froth, by the way. I'm not wasting on that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I got away by myself. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's just enough reason. That was just yeah. a brag. That's a brag. Um, I've been like my cousin who lives in Denmark, the country, not Denmark, the town, as um over here doing uni, six months. So I took <laughs> her or down to Margs as well and pointed out and showed her around like you know a little play to tour guide yeah sort of thing which I've done for so many people in the last. 12 years I've been here you know really? friends come over and it's like it's amazing you got friends to come over oh like yeah, <laughs> no like seriously true. like once they come though they come back they yeah love. like I've lived here my whole life always intended to live somewhere else um and like I find myself going to everywhere else. like I'd go to yeah. Melbourne three times a year and yeah. just go for like a photography exhibition go watch a gig do something else come back and people are like do you want to come like you want to come to WA? That like, no, yeah, it's so man. far away. And you're not good. Keep it that way. Yeah, Cause totally. Because so you get to surf main break by yourself. Exactly. Like it's nuts. Well, and, well, that's the resounding. Like anyone who knows anything about West Australia, we shut the borders and we're like, yeah. we like it. That, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. yeah, I backed it. I backed yeah. it. Shut the place down. But it, yeah, like I think you know a lot of people come and even just people from. Um, from Perth and you know you go and show them all the surf breaks and like it's good and it was nice to do it like I didn't really have the energy for it but then I thought this is my cousin who I lives in Denmark so I totally. hung out with her as an adult twice and was yep. like if anyone I'm going to have the energy to do this and man for someone like she's mid 20s she's gone a 6.6 six, like uh, ocean earth like kind of foamy one like it's a 1 plus 2 but it's like actually surfs quite well okay Man, she surfs really good for... As in, like, her pop-up. She's so fast. Does not fear anything. Like, to Man, her, that's a thing. Like, not having fear. No fear. And the instant pop, like, yeah. gets to her feet so quick. And she's super light. And I'm like, man, it, this is like... The, the froth is real. Like, I fed off her froth. And I'm like... She got to main break. The subtly had blown up on the Wednesday in the evening. And I was like, look, the swell's dropping... I could paddle you out now if you wanted because, you know, yep. explain to her, here's Had a it. big deep channel, you know, the safety, we're going to get some big sets, but you just paddle wide, blah, 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 blah. She's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, we're on. So I like paddled her out to main break. Like, and it was probably four foot and there was a six foot set came through and she just like got wide of it. And, but like her to have the opportunity to watch that, like yep. I frothed sharing that with her and then like she frothed the opportunity to be out there. So well, it was you've like ruined this, her. Like for life, man. She's loving it. it she's so a junkie sick. now. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 like, she's got her first taste of smack. Oh. Like, she's gonna change her whole life. She can't live in Denmark anymore. Oh, she's been like, it's it. not gonna happen. She's gonna have to live somewhere else in her life. Yeah. <laughs> and away from her family and friends and make these life decisions. Yeah, well, no surfing. longer conducive because she's got the yeah, she's got, got the, the drive. Got well, the she drive. had it. Like, she's been surfing crappy onshore slop, and I, I took it up to Hazes and yeah. So like she just loved it and so and the husband's was really quiet as well so she's been surfing there and yep. a few other breaks awesome. and stuff so yeah like that was sick to have the like sharing you know that froth with like she's the only other person in my family that froths surfing and it's like has independently oh, taken awesome. up this sport as well like it's not been my influence but it was her decision to choose Perth to come to yeah, six months totally. of uni because like oh I can live on the beach and surf a bit yep. so like yeah it's been that's been so cool I reckon like pass that on and camp down there and yeah point out all the spots and 
yeah, I think she got it. She's like, oh, this is like surfing culture and, you know, Danny Green's at main break. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's Danny Green. She's just like, who's, okay. who's that? And I'm like, it's a big deal. He's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And it's like, a personality, you, know, yeah, you might call yeah. it. <laughs> and like pointing out all these people, Jacob Wilcox is in the car yeah. as well. And I'm like, that guy will be on the world tour next year. <laughs> yep. Just, yeah, it was cool for like, like her eyes were wide open, like the, that surf culture down there. It was pretty, pretty cool. It was a good froth. It reminds me of this book. There's like, I don't know, before, oh, there's not that many like good writing about surfing. And I remember hearing someone say like, yeah, it's because like anyone talking about going for a surf is like telling him, telling you about a really good wake they had. And you're like, that's, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had fun, but I don't really want to hear about that. Um, and so it's really hard to write about, but there was this book called Caught Inside, um, based out of like this guy's journey to like make surfing a priority in his life, and that um, where he's living in Berkeley, and then he went out to Ocean Beach for a year and lived out there in San Fran, and took on surfing, and it's like broken up into the seasons, and summer just has like summer and then a blank page and that's and then it goes to the next <laughs> next season and it's such a good book like really well written and there's this scene that he has from spring where he's looking out and he's like um sees his dad get this um his daughter who's probably like five or something and push her into her first wave and she stands up and puts her arms up and she's just like yes yes and then his mate next to her is like oh She'll never be president. <laughs> she's hooked. Like she enjoyed that and she's now going to do that and she's going to make all these poor decisions for the rest of her life. And she's not going to achieve anything happy. because how can you when you need to be available for when the swell comes? Yeah. And it, it, oh, it is such a, it's an interesting perspective of like, yeah, I, I, the saying I said to Emily is like, time and tide waits for nobody. <laughs> she's like, oh, should we do this? It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> We surf now. Yeah. Like, Especially in Perth where the wind comes in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Let's she hasn't go. had summer yet. So yeah. I'm like, I've already drummed it into her. It's like, if it's offshore or it's glassy, you and go out And it's 4 a.m. Yeah. Let's you, go. You go out now. If you're looking at it, it's good. You go out. Like, you don't wait sort of thing. But yeah, no, that's the interesting perspective of like not being able to like, it's so hard to share. And a friend recently went to, she was in Bali um, and I think they surfed at Padang. Padang. She's like, I surfed Padang, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> you did not oh, surf yeah. Padang. <laughs> I was like, I've I've not actually surfed Padang. I've caught one wave there on my stomach, <laughs> pre knee op. I was a bar- belly rode, belly rode, got barreled, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but still, I was like, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, tell us. And then um, you know, I was too big the other day. She surfed, but she got one good wave, and she's like, I get it now. And she's actually telling me she get it. Yeah. And instantly, I was like. You don't get it. Like you and I do completely different sports. This is in my head. I just yeah. say this to her. It's like, we do completely different sports. You don't get it. But then like the second thought was like, nah, she does get it because it's like, that's her version. And totally. she's unlocked yeah. this other world of standing on the ocean and, you know, moving, feeling the, the froth, feeling like that, that where all the elements come together. Yeah. yeah. And it's like something different. I was like, okay, so she's got it. It's her version of totally. you know, even going to the snow and like you spend all day on a beginner run, but you have as much fun as the guy who's doing trees by himself. Like it's, you have the same amount of fun. I certainly didn't have as much day. fun when we went to the, like I say, I have no memories. I have one memory, like two memories. One was, was like knitting, um, crocheting and watch and watching, um, the art of flight 
Oh, um, Travis Rice? Travis Rice. I don't know if it was The Art of Flight. I reckon that came out later. One of those. One of those ones, though. Yeah. And then the other one is going to Granite. No, not Granite. What was the thing that took ages for it to open? Oh, Silverado. Silverado. Yeah. And we went there like day two of it opening and me being like, (gasps) I know how to snowboard. I've been hitting all these black runs. I remember this. And this is a double black run with half the crew used it as a place to base jump and and going following you down tracks to there and being like cool i'm good at, I, I have there's nothing that i've done that has stopped me so far i'm so good and then got to a point that i just was stuck and like on the side of a cliff and i unbound my <laughs> myself and then tried to jump down a cliff without binding <laughs> and then lost my board and then it went down the cliff and then had to like climb down and yeah that's one core then memory from that, that trip that resort but particularly that lift Silverado is like it's hard to describe huge big bowl you can't see the bottom of the lift you don't know if it just rolls away but there's two big cliff lines in it that are like I say big cliff lines like 50 foot plus big bands like and if the, you get, the basis for all of free skiing in yeah, the world like it, started out of yeah, this, Shane McConkey's yeah. hood like it's the you just you take the wrong turn and you're standing on this cliff and there's no like I'll go around I'll ski around the rock bit it's like one big band and then if you manage to climb down jump off that one there's just another one and it's like wow but I remember coming into before you get to that section there's this huge bowl you peel off to the skier's left to go around it um, which is where I think I, I remember coming with you but I like went like your toe side standing there and the face it's so steep that it's you're you're standing on your toes and the wall oh, yeah. is right in front my of my hands were on the wall with my toes like i mean yeah. i'm talking like 70 degrees 80 degree slope and i've yeah. never been scared on a slope before like i've been scared jumping off cliffs and yeah. high gullies and narrow shoots and stuff it's like you're standing there and it's like okay in order for me to now get down here, I need to do a go to a heel turn. I'm not, you know, the human groomer and going to slide down. Even that, you wouldn't be able to keep it in. So to do that, you need to basically jump. Be like, let your toes go a bit, jump around a turn in which you drop about 10 meters, half catch your heels, but you can't squat because your ass would hit the wall and then go back to your toes again. And in that, you've dropped 50 meters. It was fucked. It was yeah. like the craziest ski resort. There was to no... Go to. no- place that someone two months into learning how to snowboard <laughs> yeah, should have been, been there after hucking every other challenge that was in that yeah that, yeah that like ski field before that and then just be like well i could do this and then be like this is a whole nother level yeah a wild time like that uh, yeah genuinely like i we did a season there and i didn't ski half of the runs that i wanted to and even andy and i went back did you um 2012 i reckon and like we didn't ski half the things you know yep. we skied a few of them skied out Silverado but it's like you just just too much and it's too big and yep. yeah these lines that are like actually 80 foot cliffs inbounds it's like this is actually mental yeah. like, for a resort shouldn't be I don't know how they get away with it but they do <laughs> legacy it's good fun you gonna do a ski, ski season again do a ski trip a few people have asked and um so I did a I did Banff the year after yeah um and it was boring and was no, it boring? no good compared to the score. Like, why? Do the terrain, the people? Terrain. 
so much colder, the town, I don't know, like it, people who have only been to BAMP fucking love BAMP, but I just couldn't, comparing it to score, I was like, this is nothing, um, and I think I just like, when we were at score, I think we were getting paid like $6 an hour. Yeah, minimum wage. Minimum it wage. was literally whatever the minimum wage was, yeah. that's what we got. And I had $20 an hour back in Perth and whatever, 2007, I'm pretty sure if we look back, it was dollar for dollar. And I was like, I've grown up with an ec- economics lecturer as a dad. I reckon the smart thing for me to do right now would be only <laughs> snowboard yeah. and not do any work. Yeah. And 100%. every South American, Brazilian and Chilean was like, I'll take your shifts and me being like, I'll help you out, guys. <laughs> yeah. and, and just putting it all on credit and being like, I can pay this when I get back. Cause, and yeah, credit was mum and dad's bank. So <laughs> uh, it was an easy, easy thing to do. So I just, I think I just really snowboarded so much more. And then when I went to Banff, I worked a bit more and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So Work kills skiing skills. Yeah. And surf skills. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you work less is obviously... Like, it's better fun. Yeah, definitely. Man, the, the other day I walked down to um, do a lap around Lake Munga and it was just happened to be peak hour and the people going to work, man, the dead looks on their faces in their fucking cars where they're like, if you need inspiration not to go to work at a nine to five job, they're like, the dead looks on there. They didn't want to be there. No one was fucking happy. It's so wild that it still like, happens. Like, people went a year and a half. Two years not going to work. Like, man, they're dressed in their suits pretending to be people they're not. You did it from home. Yeah. And you made it work. How have you been recruited back? Like, what has happened? And you're sitting in traffic as well. Like, how did you not just go, oh, boss? No, that's not happening. I'm, I'm, I showed you we were good enough before. Like, just because someone needs to pay their commercial rent, like, oh, just was not, you need to get this. Carlos has decided he wants to sit in the pile of foam dust. Um, he needs to. He needs to not do that. No. <laughs> There'll be some sort of emphysema or. Um, yeah, shaving bay dogs don't have the lifespan of regular dogs, do they? He's usually not in here, but if he's not in here, he's unsupervised out there, and we don't know what's going to happen. So, and he wouldn't leave us alone if we were both sitting in here, without without him. He's got a couch outside that he usually sits on, but. Sick. Well, we might um, wrap it up, Benny. Cool. Thanks to the chat, man. It's like, I can talk surfboards forever. Yeah. Like, whether people want to listen to it or not, I don't really give I a shit. Yeah. But like, it's, uh, I've enjoyed all our conversations. Like, and the help that you've, you know, come in here, I'll leave a board half shaped and you just give it an eyeball and a, and a look and a, a couple of thoughts. It's been like, it's been really, yeah, really inspiring, but also like so incredibly helpful. I don't know if it's like people have done the same thing for you in the past. Yeah, totally. And yeah, thanks for bringing energy to the place. And like, you know, I don't, I'm pretty time poor. I've made three boards this year um, after years of making like one board a week sort of thing. So um, it's nice to come in and not have to commit to a whole board to still feel involved in the place, you know, just be like, oh, you should do this here. And that still feels like I've done something yeah in here you know yeah so good um have you got we always play a song at the end of the potty um actually before that you, you've listened to the potty a couple of times like actually how funny the other day <laughs> i walked in um holding an old delta designs so marty littlewood who we had on episode three this old delta designs board i found on gumtree and yeah. i like you know with a bit of energy popped through the 
the roller door and uh, with this board under my arm and you kind of turned around with this weird look on your face and you had um, headphones in listening to the podcast of me talking to Marty who is Delta Designs yeah like as I've walked in with this board totally like what a random yeah such a random oh like I've listened to probably been update like week by well, when it comes out since we reconnected in January um and this was the first time, like, going back in the archives, being like, oh, I want to, uh, might as well look at the start, and then being like, oh, the first one, oh, whatever. Not and then, then saw Surfboard Shaper, I was like, well, I like, as we've talked about before, I like Surfboard Talk, let's go, and clicked on it, it was probably like three minutes in when you busted down the door, and we're like, hey, got my attention, and just turned around, like, I'm listening to you talk to that guy right now, <laughs> this is weird. There's some weird, like, uh, synergies going yeah. on there, like... Proper strange. Now, there's, um, I think from Harry's audience as well, we've got a few new people, and whether they've made it to the end of this or not. But, um, yeah, a couple of potties that I'd suggest listening to is like um, the one we chatted to Phil, who got attacked by a great white shark down in Margs. Do I want to listen to that? You want to listen to it. It's <laughs> okay. a, he, he tells a good yarn and he's very chill about it, and it's like makes yep. you feel okay with it. Okay. <laughs> um, that's worth a listen. Um, and, Mate Sam got abducted in Papua New Guinea. There's oh, a little wow. bit of a warning at the beginning of that for yep. uh, people, but that was a pretty hectic episode. So that's that's worth a listen as well. Such a good story, and again, like good storyteller. Um, and there's a few other ones. Our early ones were pretty rogue. Like I read an ABC article today about um, how space laws are the next frontier. Like we need to be looking at because you know China's been collecting. Uh, old satellites and throwing them out of orbit and stuff and they're like oh we're just clearing space junk but they're actually training to be able to like grab other people's satellites and okay. toss them out and there's no rules no one's governing this stuff yeah. because it's space man you know it's like uh, international waters times 10 and it's like i think we covered that in in like episode five of this oh, podcast. Really? <laughs> like so you know we're before our times yeah um so pick and choose there's plenty of good ones in there um some of them you know if you don't like something just move on it's free. Move on to something else. It's free. And I make no apologies. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, that uh, that's sorry about my, another tangent for you. Have you got a song that you want to play for us? Something. Uh... I don't know why this one came. It's not, not something in high rotation, but when you asked me before we started, the first thought I had was... You can change it. Biff Rose, Fill Your Heart. Biff Rose? Biff Rose, yeah. Um, Biff? It's, it's quite a... Uh, it's, singy songy like fun sound and i hope uh it's nice <laughs> we should have had um some house dance music yeah. all right i can get around it thanks heaps many appreciate it and um the room fill your heart with love today don't play the game of time Things that happened in the past Just happened in your mind Only in your mind Forget your mind and you'll be free The writing's on the wall Lovers never lose cause they are free of thought.
unpure And of thoughts unkind Gentleness clears the soul Love cleans the mind and makes it The dragons have been bled Loveliness is everywhere Fear's just in your head Fear is in your head Only in your head Fear is in your head So forget your head and you'll be free The writing's on the wall Choose to just remember lovers never lose Cause they are free of thoughts unpure And of thoughts unkind Gentleness can clear the soul Love cleans the mind and makes it a free 